As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Writer's Routine. This week we're chatting to Zenta Rich. She's worked in advertising, written radio plays, script for scripts for film and tv too and her new novel is hotel 21 it's all about noelle a kleptomaniac hotel cleaner and the stories she uncovers we talk about why her home is a very collaborative creative one how offering opinions on her husband's architecture or her son's music often helps her grapple with her own ideas also you can hear how writing for telly has shaped the way that she works and we think about Her having so many projects on the go, it must be quite deflating sometimes. Surely not all of them can be picked up. So how does she carry on believing that things will work out? And that's really important to have that hope. (laughs) Otherwise, if you knew in 20 years time where you would be, you probably wouldn't do it. But where I've got to now with my experience, right, and it's really important, this is really important for new writers, everything you write everything even if it never sees the light of day or you write it and you hate it at at the end of it everything you do is making you a better writer without a doubt so you know you just have to think that every time you write you're getting better there is more with zenta rich in this week's writer's routine Welcome along to the show. It's Writer's Routine. Uh, my name's Dan Simpson. Thank you for being there. This is where we take a look through an author's working day to see how they get things done, to see how they take their idea, they plan their day, their life, their space, how they try and put ducks in a row and get everything in order to give them the best chance of getting that story down on the page. Now, for just a few more weeks, for just a, a month or so, We are sponsored by Plotter. They're helping to power this show. You've not got long left to make the most of this fantastic deal. They are powering us just like they can power your writing. Plotter is a writing tool that does what the title says, really. It plots, it helps you plan your books the way that you think. It lets you outline faster, organise smarter and turbocharge your productivity. There is so much in there that can help you out from the very easy to navigate brilliantly designed digital corkboard they've got where you can color code you can skim you can move you can transfer you can clip you can cut makes it really easy to find your characters and all your places you can tag them to what's really caught my eye as i've looked through plotter over the last year or so is um 
it gives you ideas on what to do next, on where you can go. They have over 30 story templates from some of the best writers around, screenwriters, writers who have worked on like shows that we all know on the telly, uh, authors on there too. And it's just something outside the box of the normal kind of hero's journey, three or five act structure kind of way of storytelling. Now, it's nothing for you to lift and drop, you to copy and paste. It just gives you ideas of where you can go next, maybe what can happen, what you can turn to. For us writers, we spend a lot of time faffing around the window dressing of simply getting ideas and words onto the page, right? But this is a software that helps you with that very, hopefully, simple uh, process, just getting an idea down. Now, the best way for you to see what Plotter does and how stunning it looks and how helpful it can be is by getting to Plotter.com and taking a look around. While you're there for just a few more weeks, you can get 10% off the software with this show. For under 20 quid, for $22.50, about £18 when I last checked, you can get access to this software forever to help you plan and plot your story to make you organise smarter and outline faster. And you've got just a month or so left to make the most of this, so if you fancy it, you need to be quick. To get the deal, use the link that is in the episode of this show. Makes it easier for you to click. It's go.plotter.com slash routine. That's go.plotter.com slash routine. This week, we're chatting to Zenta Rich, who is busy. She's got a lot on. And as you'll hear, she's got a lot of energy to do that with. She's worked in psychology and philosophy. She worked as an advertising copywriter. She's written radio plays, scripts for telly and for film. She's got a movie in development. She's had a TV series commissioned. And I think you'll pick up very quickly that a lot of that, I think, seems to come from the creative community home life that she's built around her. She works with her son and her husband and her son's mates. They're all kind of creating their own thing around the dinner table, even through the weekends. And I don't know, without getting a bit too woo-woo about it, maybe something in the atmosphere picks that up and helps Zenta. I don't know. I'll leave you to be the judge when you hear the chat in just a sec. Zenta's new book is Hotel 21. It's all about Noel, a kleptomaniac hotel cleaner. We talk about why the idea came to her on holiday and why then she had to start writing immediately. She simply couldn't wait. We talk through why she does a lot of writing by hand how much the initial idea that she had for her character's arc stayed with her during the writing. You can hear how questions about Hamlet and Shakespeare helped her figure her plot out in 2023. And we run through how she divides up her time between paid and non-paid work and how she manages to sort her energy out between the two to give her enough go to get things done. There's a lot on the way. I think there's a lot for you to learn. I really enjoyed chatting to Zenta. I think she mentioned it was like the first interview podcast of anything of this sort that she'd ever done. Uh, so yeah, Zenta, I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that you really like listening too. And we kick things off with what Zenta Rich sees around her in the place where she sits down to write. I'm in my office. Now it's kind of a bit of a shared space. Uh, the bookcase behind me um, is is a mixture of my books and also my husband's books. He's an architect, so so he has a lot more books than me. <laughs> Places covered in books, um, and I have a long, a long black, not very deep bench, like a desk, that has my laptop on it. But I can slide up and down it because I do a lot of writing by hand still. 
So I like to move away from my laptop and then write in a notebook. So that's quite good practically. But to be honest, I don't write all the time down here. I write a lot in the kitchen, uh, which is really bright. Um, and sometimes my husband's an architect, like I said, and my son is a music producer. He's at college now. And often the three of us sit around the kitchen table and we work together often for the whole weekend. So it's kind of a, like a little writing creative hub place. And I really enjoy that. And sometimes Mars's friend, who's a filmmaker who script writes, he joins us and <laughs> we all sit around the table working. Uh, wow, that sounds slightly idyllic, I, 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 I would say. The, um, what do you think? I thought it might sound chaotic to other writers, but, um, you know, it's, it's the way I, I just like to be around people. And um, But I do use the office when I have, when I'm frustrated, I will come, I will come down here and shut the door and try and work through something. Yeah. How much do you find that helps when you are in amongst the chaos of architects and film directors and music producers? How, how much do you find the solitude of, of your office does help kick you into gear? Yeah, I mean, like my husband says I could write anywhere. I could write in a shed. I could write in a building site. The only thing I can't tolerate is the sound of drilling, but I don't think anybody can. Um, but... Yeah, when I need to really focus on something, I shut myself away as kind of a sign that we have to do this right now. We have to get this work done because it's not working. So it's kind of um, a place where I know I'm not leaving that room till I've done something kind of thing. It'd be a bit tough. But saying that, you know, I would come down here. If, if the house is too noisy, I'll come down here. You know, if it's just too much noise but um um yeah i mean uh, yeah i'll write anywhere i'll write on a bus you know seriously Let, let's just plonk you back in your desk then so look, looking around you you've got the books and uh have you got much of your own planning or inspiration around you and amongst architects blueprints i'm imagining Oh yeah, so I have um, I have lots of plays and books and screenplays printed out, and I also have on on the desk piles of notebooks, A4 notebooks that I fill, and I also have a brand new iPad that was bought for me as a present two years ago that I still haven't opened. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> um, uh, I want to talk about the note books and you mentioned how you write we'll cover we'll come to that in just a tick i'm just am i right in thinking you live in ireland is, is that right i do yeah i live in dublin yeah so uh, i i don't know how built up your area is uh, obviously dublin's the capital so it's one of the busiest places in ireland but have you got a window have you got glorious rolling hills outside no no we live right in the city center in and we have a very um traditional kind of city garden on two levels and my office is on the lower level so I look out and up at a at a garden um with the light coming in yeah no it's not rolling hills and valleys and and things like that it's nice it's nice uh if, if you were to um open a notebook 
well, if I were to open a note, one of your notebooks rather, w- w- would I would I be able to understand anything that's written in it? Is is it written in a very much a way that only Zenta can read and decipher? It's not that it's in code or anything like that. It's just my handwriting's really bad um, because I write so fast, and I think that you would not be able to read it because I can't even read it myself if I leave it too long. So I have to type up once I've written it. <laughs> is, is, it uh, is it very detailed? Is it just kind of sporadic notes that you're making? No, it's writing. So if I'm writing a screenplay or a script for TV, I will write very quickly, exactly as I see it. And then, but the, the, and then if I'm writing like the novel or book two, I will write as I want as I want it to be as I'm writing it as though I'm this is it I'm writing it but there's a lot of freedom in freehand I find and I can be as messy as I like I can go back through the page I can put a line through something I can carry on or I can suddenly go oh, no, I'm not going to do that I'll circle something I'll move it around I'll carry on and then once I have a feeling I know where I'm at, I'll go to the computer and I'll type it up. And then as I'm typing it up, I'm changing stuff and I'm moving things around. It's a very, I work really quickly and um, that's just the way I am. You know, I'm just, I'm just, just the way that the ideas come and things like that. And I think it comes from TV writing probably has kind of shaped me a bit like that because you have to write really quickly and you know you you have really tight deadlines and i think it's just fed into how i am and how i write so the creation of your story that had, tends to happen in in the notepad and then you'll transfer it over to the laptop 100% anything i start with always starts handwritten in in a notepad yeah when you we get quite like nerdy on the show about particular I guess the way I guess the way the screen looks when you're moving it over to uh, your laptop and using a word processor or something like that. Uh, are you caring about how it looks? Are you bothered about what font you're picking? Oh yes, completely. I'm going in and now, and and now this is the draft. This is draft one. So yeah, I mean, I don't just you know I have it set up. It's ready and it's a file, and I start. So I'll so for instance with Hotel Twenty One, I wrote the first four thousand words while I was away with my husband and my son in Portugal. I'd had the idea a couple of days earlier, and then I just thought I'm going to try. I'm just going to try this because I had this voice and this idea of this character Noel, the hotel cleaner who steals things, takes things. She doesn't see it stealing, and. I just really wanted to experience her and I thought I'm just going to try this. I've been reading I've been reading Japanese books quite a bit and I really love their style of literature. They're very into small kind of details and well anyway the books that I was reading were and I thought you know maybe I should try and write it as a book. So I did the first 4000 words very quickly. I would say I don't even know how long it took me, but it wasn't, it was quick. And then I quickly ran up to the room, typed it up very quickly, like, like a draft one before I wouldn't be able to read my writing. 
I mean, that's basically <laughs> that's basically how it works. Now, I am a pacey writer. I think the Hotel Twenty One. Some of the feedback has been, and I like that that it's pacey, and um, that's just how I. That's just how how I do. I get. I suppose it's kind of like I get full of all the energy, and I just want to. I just want to go, and um, so I get frustrated when I can't when the flow's not going, you know, and I just know I need to work through it. So that moment in Portugal, then you're there on holiday, um, spending time with your family. What was it about? What was that compulsion that you had to get this done now? Why couldn't you sit and, as many other writers might do, why couldn't you sit and brood over this idea for a couple of weeks until you returned back home? Oh, Dan, I wish I knew the answer to that because that sounds really good, doesn't it? That sounds much more sensible and a much better lifestyle. I just don't work like that. I always work on holiday anyway. Um, I don't like to say that because people think that it's a bit crazy. But my husband does as well, and so does my son. So we just kind of have these, you know, like we have the little hub around the kitchen table. It's just kind of we do that when we're on holiday as well. You know, we, we go to the beach and we go for trips and we do things, and that's fine for the day. But then we'll say, oh, we have a day here today, and everyone goes, oh, yeah, and we get out our laptops, you know. So um, I suppose I'm lucky in that sense that I have a family that are similar to me. Well, let, let's talk about that hub then. So how does it work? Are you all doing your own thing? Is there much creative sparring, discussions about what you're working on? Are you kind of canvassing ideas? Oh, yeah, totally. Totally, yeah. I mean, my son will take off his, um, you know, um, his headphones and go listen to this sick beat, you know, and then he'll play his, he'll play his tunes and then... Um, Dave, Dave might be sketching and he'll show me something or he's got a problem with a building and he shows me something. And, um, and I often shove bits of stuff for them to read. I say, well, you know, will you read this? That's the first thing I did when I wrote the first 4,000 words, Hotel 21. I said, guys, need you to read this. And I asked my son first because he's 15. And I said, you only have to read the first page. Because I knew if I said to him, I want you to read 4,000 words, he'd probably go, can I do it later? So um, I said, you just have to read the first page and just tell me. And I thought if he reads to the end, I might have something here. And he did. And he said, yeah, you should just keep going. <laughs> what words of praise from a 15-year-old? Um, uh, uh, yeah, and then I, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And then I asked, well, for my son, I feel, I feel a bit bad because... Ever since he was able to read properly, is what I would say, you know, and he had, uh, he's been asked or, you know, he's been of that kind of level of, um, of understanding. So I don't know what, eight, nine, you know, when they're not just watching cartoons all the time or whatever, but um, he has been asked his opinion on everything. <laughs> he's, I was writing um, animation scripts and I used to get him to edit for me because I wanted to see, did he find them funny, you know? So he's often brought in to, to read stuff and he's just very much part of that because he's, very, you know, he's 19 now. He's a great, you know, he's a young person and uh, it's great to get his opinion on stuff. Can I ask 
uh, and this might be a, a very tough question to to answer, and that's just uh, that's nothing to do with you. It's just, it's just it might be unanswerable. Um, it seems to me that you've written in a, in a way that is quite different from a lot of authors, and it is this slightly collaborative setting, in that you're getting ideas from people who are creative but not necessarily in your field, and you're also having input into how your husband is. I don't know fixing some building the, the how one house fits to another I don't know what goes on and you're having an input into your son's sick beats like how did all of that affect the way you wrote and how your story ended up do you think did it pay much Im- impact at all into the the, the final uh, novel the fact that this these ideas are being thrown around and you yourself are thinking about something else that's perhaps not just your book um, that's a very good question and I'm going to try and answer it. So what I think the create your, so the environment is, a is one that is supportive of creativity, right? So it's about the ideas are sparking all that sort of stuff, but nothing that happens within that actually informs the story itself, if you know what I mean. But it will inform the energy levels I have, the commitment I have, the excitement I have about making something, going on a... yeah. And also there are so many similarities between different types of art, architecture, music, writing, film. Um we're all doing the same thing in a different way. How, how harder would that have been, do you think, if you were working on this novel? You know, and I'll praise you this by saying it's clear that you're quite a like ferocious creative anyway, that when you have an idea, you have to get it down no matter where you are. But the fact that your husband and your son are also in this creative space when you're perfectly fine to work on holiday you're perfectly fine to while away the weekends talking through ideas does that make it did that make it easier for you to constantly be working and writing as opposed to if it was just you on your own in that office all the time um easier i don't know writing's not easy nothing's easy right but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it and i think um like, for instance, my son is away now at university in London doing music. And last week, my husband was, which is really painful, by the way, when your child leaves home. But anyway, and my, son, and my husband was away on work and I was at home completely on my own for 10 days, working at the kitchen table by myself. And I loved it. So it wasn't that I need the hub and I need the other people. I was totally fine. I was working on a screenplay and I had the whole, I got into a flow for the whole week, which is really great. Um, So I don't miss it when I don't have it, but I really enjoy it when it's there. As long as I can write, as long as the environment helps me to (laughs) write, I'm happy. (laughs) Did you, did you, did you, um, like you you mentioned how having the people around it, that creative energy is helpful. It does help you kind of push on when they weren't there. I know you said you really enjoyed it, but were there aspects of the going that was a little tougher, not having sounding boards, not having other people buzzing and working around you? Um, I don't know. I just like both, Dan. I suppose when I'm on my own, 
or I'm in my office, I get more, I get a lot more done, right? Probably. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it all suits me, you know, like my husband said, I could work on a building site. I mean, I don't think I could. That's just him making a joke. Yeah, he's just making a joke. Well, he's just making a joke that I seem to be able to write anywhere. But he, in the same way, he he can work anywhere, and so can my son. So it's not it's not just me. But yeah, I know I'm not the normal kind of writer who has special spaces and and all that kind of thing. Um, I think I was a stay at home mum with my son, and at the time I was an advertising copywriter freelance. So I really had to fit in around him. So I'd basically drop him at the school gate, be really calm, mum. Bye, have a nice day. Yeah, as soon as he was gone, I was a dashing home, working for four hours. That's all I had till I had to pick him up. You know, so I think some of that probably has played into um, the, the way that I write now. So has TV writing, definitely, with all the deadlines, and which I love, and all the sometimes the quick turnarounds there are quick turnarounds because there are problems, there are issues, and things come up, and suddenly scripts got to be changed, and you've got overnight or even a few hours to fix something. So um, yeah, I think that's probably played in, and also you know I am I was an advertising copywriter working in agencies with people, you know, in teams and art directors as my as my partners, and we would work as teams. And now I have a screenwriting partner. We've been working together for seven years. So I really enjoy that, the collaboration, which is the strange thing about a book, because it's not that collaborative. So actually, Dan, I'm wondering if now, with your questions, that maybe that's why I enjoy the sitting around with everybody, because the writing, the novel is quite singular for want of a better word. And I probably just like to feel that there are people around, you know. <laughs> but basically I would get up, I work out first thing in in the morning. I keep fit. I do that five days a week. I I would do more, but my physiotherapist won't let me. <laughs> so I exercise and then I have breakfast and then I will just write. So probably from half nine in the morning, sometimes ten depending on how long I worked out for. And then I will write till lunchtime or until I'm really, really hungry. So it depends. So it might not be till half past two and then I'll have some lunch and that might be an hour. Um, and then I will go back to writing and then I will just write for as long as I possibly can, maybe six. That's what I do. That's what I do, Dan. I don't know whether you should publish that. <laughs> no, no. This is what's I this is like crazy person. No, no, no. This is what's fascinating because it's not the same for anyone. You, so many people I've spoken to have to almost give themselves permission, give themselves a time, say, right, from nine until 12, I'm going to work and then I'm free to do the rest of my things. And to be honest, that's how I would do it. So the idea that it's almost this tap that sometimes you find it tricky to turn off that's well I don't like turning it off but let's say I I have to go to the hairdressers you know or I meet a friend for lunch so the day will not go but my ideal day that's my ideal day um, and also 
it might be it might be mixed like I might spend might be spending two weeks so I spend two weeks I spend half my time so per month let's say two weeks on paid work and the other half the time on unpaid work so for a while there the book when I was when I was writing um the book Hotel 21 that was included in my non-paid area because you know wasn't I didn't know what was going to happen with that so the screenplay I did last week was was non was non-paid work you know but I have to split it and work with as much energy and enthusiasm for the paid work as I do for the unpaid work and vice versa because sometimes I'm I feel sluggish you know I do sometimes feel a bit sluggish with projects but you know I have to make sure that my energy levels are up and that I'm fit, you know, you've got to be able to run for the bus. Do you know what I mean? In case you have to suddenly work really quickly and fix something and, you know, whatever. With TV writing, it's very much like that. In in the um, in that writing day, and if you're spending, you know, a lot of it ideally writing and working, how... How 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 much are you getting done? Are you working like on, on an average day? How how much will you write for the novel? Oh, so for the novel, um, yeah, on a writing day. Well, I don't, you know, it, I might do on one day. You know, it'll be a few thousand words. But then the next day, let's say, I go back over it. I might decide I don't like what I wrote the day before for whatever reason, or some of it. It won't ever be some of it, either be all of it or not. And I will I will cut it and I'll go again. You know. Are you fine with that part of it? Is, is how frustrating is that to have 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 slogged for hours away the day before and you know you wake up the next morning and think No, because I think it's all part it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the writing process and you have to understand that I I think thank God I noticed. That's the way I see it. That's not quite good enough. That's not quite hitting right. That's not exactly what I was. And I don't like the way this has gone. You know, um, if I feel it's cliche or I feel it's not interesting enough or something, you know, I'd be quite hard on myself about that, but not in a bad way. I think it's absolutely fine to write stuff and then say it's not quite hitting the mark. You do it all the time in screenwriting it's a normal thing so i just apply that to the book as well and also to book two yeah when your writing day is over so when you feel like you can't do any more when other things get in the way six or six six thirty in the evening um i think i might know the answer to this but are you any good at switching off at kind of parking the idea and, and completely taking you away and focusing your attention on something else um I think so. I mean, you know, I do anyone else. I might go out for a walk and then, you know, we have dinner. I watch television because that's part of what that's also work. So in the sense that I watch it for pleasure, but I do need to watch it, need to watch the new shows that have come out and stuff like that. I used to make my son watch stuff with me and then he'd have to listen to me analysing it all. Um, So, um and then I read. So I don't, the one thing I wish I did more of was read more novels. So I always have a book going. 
Um, but I'll only read really only my reading time is really at night when I go to bed and I will read until I'm literally falling asleep. So that's not, that's, that's the only thing I wish I did more of. Uh, on, on a, on a, on a novel day when you are sat there to write your book, um, how do you know what it is you're working on every day? Is there a grant for Hotel 21? We'll get more into the plot in just a second, but how much of a grand master plan was there? That's a good question. Yeah. So what was lovely about the book, writing a book for the first time was I felt quite, it was, it was new and exciting. It's first person. And what I had was just a very rough idea about a woman at crisis point. She doesn't know that she's a crisis point, right? But she is an opportunity, an opportunity comes for change in this when she starts her 21st job in this hotel and who she meets there and what happens to her and the journey that she goes on will give her the opportunity to change and will she do it? That was what, that was my very rough idea and that was enough to start writing because I, I knew there were certain benchmarks that I would be reaching and that was kind of what I started with because I just maybe I started too soon well I I mean I I didn't because it worked out but going forward you don't know whether that's always going to work right so you have to be ready to change for different projects I think but for this one it worked well that I I roughly knew who she was what she, and I was really excited to explore that and go on this journey with this character, with this hero and, and see how together, how she would navigate this. And it was just really exciting. Um, and when I wrote, so there, were, so there were a couple of weeks here and there where I couldn't write the book because I was working on other stuff. And this is the one thing, when with screenplays, it's a little bit quicker but with the novel, when I came back to it, I would have to take two days of reading straight all the way through from page one all the way to where I'd got to so that I was back in the book. And every time I came to do that, I always have a tiny little fear that I've lost the voice or something, you know. Um, but I say to myself, you know, you haven't because you never do. But I have to do that. I have to read through. So it will take me several days to get back into it. And I have to do that every time if it's more than three or four days. So that that's quite time consuming. But but it has to be done. You know. I get emails from writers who aren't yet published quite often. And I, I, I thought I would ask you this because it's interesting that you, you take the the two weeks on, two weeks off paid work. So you're writing quite a lot of the time without an idea perhaps that this anything will come of this in, in the bank account. Um, when you're starting a new project for free, how do you get past, no matter for where it is, how do you get past the, the doubt that... Th- it is good enough because I'm sure that comes to everyone at every point when they're starting on something new. How do you push past that fear that this might 
all be for for nothing that the story isn't worthwhile that it, nothing's going to come of it what do you do okay so it's a really good question and i want to answer that really carefully so when i back in the day when i first wanted to be a screenwriter or scriptwriter you believe what you write is going to get picked up and made <laughs> and that's really important to have that hope. <laughs> Otherwise, if you knew in 20 years' time where you would be, you probably wouldn't do it. But where I've got to now with my experience, right, and it's really important, this is really important for new writers, everything you write, everything, even if it never sees the light of day or you write it and you hate it at, at the end of it, everything you do is making you a better writer, without a doubt. So, you know, you just have to think that every time you write, you're getting better. And that's the right way to think about it, you know, and write lots of things. Don't write one screenplay or one book and keep sending it out for years and years and years. Keep sending it out for years and years and years if no one's picking it up, but write something else. Keep writing, you know, don't just say this is the one thing I've written and and then try and get it published and published and published and published or try and get your screenplay made, made, made. And, you know, um, you have to keep going and write other stuff. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. We'll have more from Zenta in just a second. I very quickly want to remind you that if you're enjoying the show, 
Uh, it's what this is always the most awkward bit for me to do. But if you are enjoying the show, because I'm British, so it's awkward. Once again, if you are enjoying the show and you'd like us to kind of carry on bringing you these chats as often as we can, the way to do that to help us and support us is patreon.com forward slash writers routine. By doing that, by just slinging a couple of dollars a month our way, and I know times are tight, so anything that you can send over is really appreciated. You get our eternal thanks, you get bonus content, there is merch. There is even a way for your book to sponsor this show. And it doesn't cost a lot, as I say, and I'll repeat it. I'm so appreciative of anything that you uh, support us with, because I know it's a very strange uh, time at the moment to keep bills in order. So by getting to Patreon, I'm just so thankful that you would get involved with that. It just helps us carry on bringing you these chats. It's a pretty much a one-man team, so it helps me make the time to get the guests, to read the book, to do the interview, to do the editing, to get this out there, to do all of that. Uh, it just helps us carry on uh, doing it as often as we can. And I am very thankful if you could help us out and support the show at patreon.com forward slash writers routine. Let's get back to it then with Zenta Rich chatting about her new novel, Hotel 21. In this part, we hear more about the idea and about the character of Noel. Also, there are some bonus Margaret Atwood tips in there. Always, always brilliant to hear from Margaret Atwood. You can hear too what questions she asks herself to unravel more of the story. And we jump back in talking about Noel, uh, the star of Hotel 21, and her character arc. You might remember Zenta said earlier on that it came to her uh, at, at the beginning, really, how this character was going to play out. But how much did it stay with her and stay strong and stay as originally intended while she was writing it over the next year or so? All screenplays, all good screenplays, not TV so much, is about transformation of character. And if all stories, really, the stories that I like are about transformation. Screenplays are always about transformation. And TV has now, it's a great space because it's not always, uh, you know, you can take your time. A character might transform gradually over time and you have so many other different stories and blah, blah, blah. But... Um, with novel writing, for me, if I'm going to write a novel, it has to be about transformation, for sure. Yeah, I mean um, that's just the way I'm I'm built now. But aren't aren't all stories about that? I mean, uh, what well, they are, but I don't know whether everyone, when they're starting writing novels, considers that. So with Hotel Twenty One, when you had the idea of Noelle, who was this hotel cleaner on her twenty-first job, and uh, she, she she was taking things as she went. How how much were you? Well, I, I guess this is it's, it's tough for me to ask. You were taking that idea and you were kind of putting it in the idea of this hero's journey. But then you started writing. So when you had that initial idea, what questions were you asking while you were writing that made clear the actual plot for you? What happened next, I guess, after you had that initial idea is the question. The idea for the book, okay, came from two days before I'd been staying in a small hotel in Lisbon. And I annoyed the cleaner because I didn't leave the room till after lunch. And I kept asking her to come back like you would in a bigger place, right? Saying, oh, sorry, I'm just not quite ready, whatever. And when I left the room with my son... 
she was standing outside with her arms crossed and gave me a really dirty look. And I went, oh my God, I'm in trouble. And then I realized, I said, oh my gosh, she has been waiting outside my room to clean it when we could have easily stepped out for 10 minutes. We wouldn't have minded. I just hadn't, I just didn't have, I just wasn't on the ball that day. In fact, my son and I had been working, right? I'd been on my laptop doing TV job I had to get finished and he was doing his music. So we're just happily chilling out, you know, in one of our little hubs. And when I came back that evening, so I felt really bad that 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 had happened. And when we came back that evening, my hairbrush was missing. Now, I don't think she took it now, but at the time I got really excited. I was like, a revenge lift. She took my hairbrush. Oh my God. This woman, who is she? <laughs> Does she do this all the time? Does she take things people are not going to phone up and complain about? Like, and it was going around and around, you know. And so this idea of this woman that does, so I started to think about it. Obviously, I thought about TV first and film. I was trying to work out how it might work as a script because that would be my first port of call back then. Um, and then I, I'd, I was reading some Japanese novel at, at the time that was very short. And I thought maybe I'll write it as a book. So I started with the idea, like I would in a screenplay, what is the crisis point for this person? You have to, for, for me, at what point, why, why this person, why now, right? Is a really good question to ask yourself in writing stories, I feel. And so I had to think about why, what is this crisis moment? So what has she been doing until this point now? Why is she like this? And how is she going to handle going through this transformation? And will, will she transform, you know, is also the question. Because not in all stories, characters don't always transform, right? But they're in a chaotic story. And then at the end, you know, maybe they don't. Like in Hamlet, he doesn't he doesn't really resolve his problems, does he? He just is in constant angst, you know, should I kill the king and avenge my father's death or should I respect my my um, Christian values, thou shalt not kill? And he just stays in this, in this quandary and doesn't really transform. So not all stories do have it. But for me, that's what I enjoy the most and that is what I would always... I, I would always start crisis moment, the point where if something doesn't happen, it's going to be pretty bad. This person cannot continue like this. And that is what it was like for Noel. Um, it was a crisis point. And for me, even more of an interesting point about her was that she doesn't even know it. She doesn't realise. She thinks she's got life sorted you know, so it's really exciting for me. Even saying that now, I feel really excited about it. And I, you know, I really miss writing that book, I have to say. I really, it, it wasn't easy. No, writing's never easy, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Why, when you first had the idea, was it a book when you're, a lot of your background is in screenwriting? I mean, I, I think this is becoming, well, it's been optioned for a TV series, I, I think. So why... Was that your first idea? Let's get this down as a novel, not in something else that perhaps you knew better. 
Yes, I, you know, I really don't know the answer to that, except that I had just read a first person book and I literally started off as an experiment, Dan. It was, can I do this? And I had my notebook or a notebook um, beside me uh, and I just picked it up and started writing. And I kept writing, I was going writing, I was the character, I was really enjoying it. And one of the things really appealed to me was that it wasn't a script. It was funny because I said, this is, I'm inside the person's head. I don't have to worry about who she's going to talk to about things, <laughs> what we're going to see. I still believe novels can be show, don't tell, of course. But I, I was inside her head. I had, I felt really free, you know, I could, we could learn about her from her own um, point of view of her life and herself and others, you know, and it was really, really, really exciting, Dan, really exciting. So I finished the first 4,000 words. I didn't know that it was 4,000 words until I typed it up and I could see it was 4,000 words. Um, but I was, I just really enjoyed it so much, just writing as first person, Noel. Um, yeah. Writing first person, but also with this key theme that she is at a crisis point, but doesn't realise it. That must have been quite tough. This massive moment of, I guess, dramatic irony that you are spending all your time in this character, but also she doesn't know what you know as the writer of her in a monologue. How difficult a balance was that to tie the idea of what you can let on and what you can't let on, what the audience needs to know, what your character needs to know at the time? Yeah, I suppose, Dan, okay, so I'm quite um, an instinctive writer. I've been told that as well. So I, I, I really trust my gut a lot. It's not always right, of course. But I do. And when I was writing, what I would do was I would just become Noelle and I would just write her as if I was her. And I wasn't really thinking about what people, what, you know, what she, you know, she, she just, yeah, I, it's, yeah it's, I mean, it's hard to explain because you're right. I'm obviously also guiding the story. I'm pushing the story. So I think with the novel and with screenwriting, you have an idea of where you're going, right? So it might just be with a with the book, I had kind of benchmarks. So I know when she – so for instance, right, I knew when she arrived at the hotel, she was going to go down to the staff room. And in that staff room, she was going to meet – these people that she that she was going to work with but I didn't know who they were yet I just knew that these people were going to be really these were the people who were going to change things and so that's all I know and I know that's the next bit that I'm going to write so then I can just jump in and I'm writing it I'm writing it I'm writing it now she knows she's got to go to the hotel and she's got to go down to the staff room so that's okay that's not new but when when I when she gets into the staff room, then that was all new. And I just had to trust my gut that who, you know, that the people would appear. And they did. 
you know. Margaret Atwood is amazing, right? And she said, and I can't remember whether it was an interview or she does a masterclass as well, but I either heard her say it or I read it. She said, and this is really good for new writers as well, I think. She says, sit down at your computer or your notebook and it will come. Okay. So you really have to just turn up and trust yourself, your imagination and your gut instincts and the idea of the story. And you will get exactly what you need. So the characters Noel meets, these really strong, diverse women, very different, appeared to her, you know, and that's how characters come in anyway. You know, that's nothing special. That's how we come up with ideas. Um, and yeah, and they're all sort of, I don't know, I suppose they're all sort of probably parts of me then, right? And parts of Noel. I don't know. Oh, Dan's getting very philosophical. <laughs> no, that's all right. I mean, well, you've got a degree in philosophy, so you're allowed to do that. Uh, um, lastly, uh, your, all your experience as a screenwriter before you started writing novels, how much impact did that have in the structure of the book? And also, very simply, the words you were getting down onto the page? It definitely did have an... Have, um, an influence, but at the time I didn't realize. So because I was writing this book and I felt really free and I was like, and it's not a script. I'm inside the character's head. Do what I like. (laughs) I felt very free, but naturally, instinctively, and also because I am scriptwriter, which requires quite a lot of training, scriptwriting, right? And when I look back at it, I could see that the pacing and the structure and everything was very much my instincts had taken me along those along that road. But I didn't necessarily treat it like a screenplay. Now, when it came to dialogue, right, screenwriting, writing dialogue, if you're a professional, it's a given that you can write great dialogue and that you know what that means. And so for the novel, I just, I did apply those. I'm not saying that the dialogue's great, blah, 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 whatever. But I was very careful with that. So the dialogue is, you know, when people are talking, there has to be, um, there's more of a screenwritery feel to that, I think, that it's not... No one's ever saying what they mean. No one's ever being, you know, there's lots of subtext, uh, subtext in everything. Um, But in the book, you know, you can then go on and qualify it. If something, if I'd written a piece of dialogue for the book that I said, you know what, that dialogue, I just don't need it, but I need this bit of information or I'll just bury it somewhere else. So I would definitely, like I was asked by the editor, one of the chapters was a bit long. And she said, I think we can just cut this chapter, maybe take, I said, okay, what, a couple of pages? She she said, yeah, maybe two, three pages. I said, fine, no problem. I took most of the dialogue out. And I think that was because I didn't really need it, you know, whereas 
And I think that's probably strange for people to hear because script writers, you think you will hang on to as much dialogue as possible. You don't really. You want every word to count, you know. Does that make sense? Oh, and the funny thing, Dan, I want to add to that is, is that I was saying to you that I was working on screenplay last week and writing the novel has impacted how I write screenplays, which is really amazing. I'm surprised by it. I can't really articulate how, but there's something, something's happened that is just, it's just for the process. I'm not saying that my writing screenplays is, you know, much, much better now or anything like that, but there's something about how I write it now. It's just, it's, it's almost like it's in more flow because the book really flowed. And, um, and so it's definitely had a, so that's really excites me because it's all about being a better writer, getting better. That is it with Zen to Rich in this week's writer's routine. I hope you really enjoyed it. I think there was a lot for you to take out of that that might help the way that you plan your day, your life and your space. And hopefully you can siphon off some of Zen's just immense creative energy. The new book is Hotel 21. You can pick up a copy now. In the meantime, you can support the show patreon.com forward slash writer's routine. You've not got long left, about a month to make the most of our deal with Plotter. They are supporting the show. They have been for a little while. Go.plotter.com slash routine have a look at what the software can give you have a flick around the website then if you do it through that link go.plotter.com slash routine you get 10% off for the next month or so we'll be back next week with a brand new guest on writer's routine you can also drop us a follow on twitter we are at writer's pod on there and you can get in touch using the contact form at writersroutine.com. and i will see you next week with a brand new writer's routine until then bye bye